Hey guys, oh my gosh, thank you Joey for the intro. Um, wow, um, first of all, I'm Regina. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. Hey Regina. Hey Phil, hey, what's up? Thank you for doing this, son. Of course, of course. Hey, Regina, thank Regina. you. Of course, oh my gosh, I am, I cannot tell you guys how grateful I am to speak those words. I'm Regina, I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. And it's, it's, it, this is like a wonderful, like a homecoming really, truly is a homecoming for me. Um, Cause I started coming into Bolden a um, little, little over a year ago. Um, there is a joke, like I was the sad girl. And um, the thing is, is everybody that walks in this Alcoholics Anonymous is the sad girl that walks in their first time. Um, but that was just my, my selfishness and my self-centered thinking, thinking that, um, you know, that, that um, I had made a splash, that I had arrived. Um, and you'll have to excuse me. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. And it's just because this program just, it means so much to me, y'all. And when I say a homecoming, I absolutely mean it. You know, this is my home group. I, I got well here and I'm, I'm staying well here. And I'm in a position today where I get to see the miracles of this program happening. And it really, it means so much to me all for, for you guys to be here. Um, you know, my family and my, my, you know, my, my birth family is also on this call today. Um, some loved ones are on this call today and, um, you know, so this is a little bit different for me. Um, I I have had the opportunity to um, share my story via H and I groups, um, but this is my first time sharing my story at my home group of Bolden, and um, you guys cannot imagine how much that means to me. Um, you know, um, I kind of have like a, a self indulgent. Um, introduction that I have been working on for a while. I'm still perfecting it. And it's probably, you know, probably doesn't make much sense because I really did. I, I, I prayed and meditated about this. Um, you know, what was the message I was going to carry today, but I'll go ahead just, just for shits and giggles. Hopefully, um, you know, my ego will, will, this will, this will suffice my ego for the rest of the talk. Um, so I'm Regina. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. And by the grace of God, um, this fellowship and the wonderful uh, fellowship, sister fellowship of Cocaine Anonymous, um, this home group, my home group of Bolden, a very um, tolerant sponsor and an unnatural ability to somewhat stay sponsorable. And I have to add this also, um, I've got a gaggle of, um, of sponsees. Some, some are um, ungrateful and some of them are working a program, but those are the people, this is how I stay sober today. And this is how I am not just sober, but happy today. And um, I know I'm like, I don't really cry. So, you know, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, there you go. There goes my, 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 my um, self-indulgent um, intro. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to share a couple things here. Um, first one is um, if I do get into my story, which I probably will, you know, I don't really want to make this a, a drunkalog. Um, you know, we've, we hear lots of, of war stories. You know, I really want this to be, um, you know, I guess it's not even really what I want it to be. But it was it was called to me that that the message, I, I you know, that I'm carrying today is a message of hope. Um, and it is truly a miracle today that I'm here and that I'm your speaker today. Um, so there's a couple of things. My, my, my story does, does involve 
um, you know, quite a bit of, of drugs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also a member of Cocaine Anonymous, um, you know, and, and that is not an, an inclusive program. It's for cocaine and all other mind altering substances. But um, this is my truth today. I'm a member of both AA and Cocaine Anonymous. And um, so my, my story, if I get into it, will include lots of cocaine. Um, that's just that's just my story. It's my experience. Um, second of all, um, if, if, you know, I talk a lot about the big book, you know, and I love the big book. Um, somehow God has given me this passion for the big book. Um, uh, and if, if you got a problem with that, uh, we can talk about that later. Hopefully you can talk to your sponsor about that later. Um, sorry, just a little cheeky. Um, and yeah, I, I talk a lot about God, you know, God and my higher power. And I use those terms interchangeably, you know, because this is the true power of my life today. This is the miracle of my life today. And this is my solution today to not just stay sober by the grace of God. But, you know, I truly do believe that, you know, especially for my entitled ass that, that wants everything, that feels like everything is an injustice to me, um, that I am truly entitled and every single person in this room is entitled, uh, you know, to live a life of, you know, happy, joyous and free in God's kingdom or your higher powers kingdom. Like we are all in, entitled to that life. And, you know, it, this is, um, you know, our divine birthright to be happy, joyous, and free. And I don't care how you, you, you twist that around, if, it, if it's your higher power, God, Allah, Krishna, um, the group, a group of drunks, uh, the gift of desperation, this fellowship, whatever it is, however you turn that out to be, just know that, that your life, you are so worthy of having a wonderful life. Um, and that is something that is truly a gift of this program for me and, um, and countless others. And um, you know, Bolden has definitely been a growing space for me. And um, I will absolutely if, if you know, I'm, I'm a woman of service today, I never thought I would say that. Um, and honestly, um, the gift of service was first given to me here. Um, and I don't I don't know if I see them in the rooms room today. But um, you know, one person I know for sure, um, the candy man, uh, Mr. Jeff, um, offered me the gift of service when I didn't have a message to carry. And that honestly saved my life. I didn't know it at the time. I was just following direction. Um, wanted to feel, didn't even want to feel part of. But, you know, I had learned, I had read enough of the big book and had enough of a, you know, of a quote unquote experience with the big book that I thought I had a message to carry. And I really didn't. I was just showing up um, because, you know, this is something that my, my, my recovery sponsor um, encouraged me to do and, um, and people in this room that didn't, that I, you know, that had faith in me when I didn't have faith and wanted to help keep me sober, they offered me that opportunity. And so I, I also, I, I, you know, I absolutely, I recommend service getting involved. Just a shout out the, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm getting all excited. The group conscience is on Sunday. So if Bolden is your home group, or if you'd like Bolden to be your home group, or if you'd just like to come out and be a part of and, and um, you know, really get to see what kind of happens, especially if this is your home group, I encourage you all to come. We've got a great, a few great mo motions on the table. Anyways, that's my plug right there for group conscience. I'm sure we'll get to that later. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, oh my gosh, let me see here. How could I did write down a few things? Um, 
so, you know, I guess I'll go ahead and, and I'll do a bit of a drunkalog, um, not too long, not, you know, because I do, I love to be in the solution, you know, and, and my higher power had kind of called it to me to kind of review the third step. And, and, you know, and today, you know, I mean, and this is not to brag, but this is just my, my, this is, this is what's going on in my recovery today. You know, um, I work with a handful of sponsees. I was on the phone with a couple sponsees today. I was just on a call with my service sponsor. Um, and you know, that really just, just for me, just lets me know that there is so much opportunity for me to grow in this program. If I just get out of the way and if I just follow direction, if I just, you know, stay open-minded and willing, um, you know, wonderful things will happen. So we'll get into the third step. Um, but for, yeah, for my log, and it's important just because I feel like I need to qualify myself and, you know, this is what I've learned, um, you know, listening to other people share. Um, yeah, um, this is going to sound real crazy and I know my mom's on here, but um, I was an alcoholic baby, you know, <laughs> I, um, and I really, truly do believe that um, that I was genetically predisposed uh, to have this condition, you know, Um uh, and, and it's not not like my, my parents were very responsible folks. It's just that there was something inside me um, that knew that there was something something different about me um, that I always wanted to feel feel different from. You know, I never felt I never quite felt right in my skin. And when I say it was an alcoholic baby, um, you know, I would go and get, um, you know, the cough syrup and, you know, the, 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 the children's Tylenol and the, the, you know, the, the Flintstones vitamins and, and gobble them all up. Um, because somehow, some way I had equated that with changing the way that I felt. And even as a small child, um, you know, this happened. And, um, so, you know, and there's, there's different causes and conditions. You know, I really do believe that this is a threefold disease. You know, I've got this, this, uh, you know, this mental obsession that tells me that someday I will, uh, you know, somehow, some way be able to enjoy or control my, my drinking. You know, the, the crazy thing about this mental obsession is that even in my, my right mind, even in my, you know, my, my sober mind, um, somehow, some way, you know, that mental obsession will convince me that I need a drink that my circumstances are messed up, that that relationship, you know, that I, that I deserve that that relationship or whatever it is, that I'm not being treated fairly, my mind will always take me back to an alcoholic beverage or a mind-altering substance like cocaine or weed or whatever it is. That mental obsession will always bring me back. Um, and I'm, it's coupled with a physical allergy. You know, I have an abnormal reaction to alcohol. Once I put alcoholic beverage in my body, I will not stop. That is just the way that I am wired. You know, and the third part of this disease is the spiritual malady, you know. And um, we don't have to be alcoholic or addict to have this spiritual malady. I see the spiritual malady all the time. It's one of the social ills. Um, you know, it be mental illness, um, you know, any kind of spending spree, sex spree, sport, porn spree. Um, relationship spree, money spree, power spree, whatever it is. There, all I know is, is there's this gigantic hole that you know um, that's truly you know is is in um, a lot of different people, but most you know most definitely in the alcoholic or addict that tells them that they are not complete. You know, um, this is a separation. You know, um, from from I believe it's separation from from your higher power, separation from myself, a separation that I have um, from God, and it comes from this utter disbelief. This disgusting disbelief that I am not lovable, that somehow, some way, that my higher power does not love me, you know, and that is the true def for me. That is a true definition of the spiritual malady. I become restless, irritable, and discontented without alcohol or booze or drugs inside my system, you know. 
This took me a very long, long time to figure out. Uh, my drinking career sp spanned probably close to 25 years, you know, and I never, ever, ever, ever thought I had a problem. I thought that I had bad luck, you know, and the reality is, is I had wonderful luck. You know, my higher power was with me in all of that time, all of those trials and tribulations, all of those times I thought I was being put upon. You know, I mean, it's, it is truly a miracle today that I'm speaking here today and, and, and able to carry this message, message and to carry this word because so many times I should have been locked up, beat up, you know, um, in a ditch, in a hospital, dead, you know. And so um, if I come across very passionate about this, it is, it is because I am. I'm very passionate about this program. I, I love the results of this program and I love seeing the results in other people in this program. Um, you know, and, and this is a life and death scenario. You know, this is a, a crazy, crazy disease. My mind is always trying to kill me. You know, it's a self-destructive disease. It's a disease of self-destruction. And for most of us, and in my case, I'm not good enough. Self, like reducing myself and, and destroying myself is not enough. This is how dangerous this disease is. This disease will take out your family members, your loved ones, your job, your financial security, your, your housing situation, the, you know, your children, whatever it is, you know, this, this, this disease does not care, you know, and that's why, you know, I have a lot of passion for this thing because there are so many people out there, you know, even people in this room, you know, we make it to Alcoholics Anonymous and we are still suffering, you know, and so that is, that is where, you know, my, my passion comes out on this, um, you know, um, I've recently, you know, I've kind of had to, you know, to bring these thoughts into prayer and meditation because, I came into these rooms super raw and just, you know, just a lot of big book knowledge, you know, and, and the thing is, is I would come in, you know, I would come into these rooms, not having any gratitude, not having any compassion, nothing, but you know, not only that, but not having any experience. All I had were the words in this book and I would come into a meeting and I would spit a lot of big book venom and I would throw a big book at people, but you know, it was not coming from the heart. It was coming from my mind, you know, and things are a little bit different today. You know, my higher power continuously works through me today, but it's also because I seek out this power, you know? And so when I say that, like, with, you know, my life, I'm destined to be restless, irritable, and discontented, and that, you know, and, you know, my family didn't understand, nobody understood that, like, you know, I was just trying to get right, you know, and I might look like I'm a crazy person you know, when I'm drinking and when I'm, you know, when I'm edged up and when I'm, you know, when, when I'm in that active addiction and alcoholism, but I'm just trying to get right, you know, and so this is the conundrum that we have. This is, you know, this is the pain that we put our loved ones through, you know, and, and for so many years, like I said, I did not think I had a problem. You know, I thought I had horrible luck. Um, if you had my problems, you drink the way that I did too. I never drank like a lady, that's for sure. You know, I like to drink expensive, expensive vodka and um, stick, you know, stick um, A1, you know, high grade cocaine up my nose and smoke high grade uh, weed. You know what I mean? But the, that did not make me a lady. That just made me high class, high class alcoholic, you know, um, that also fueled you know, a lot of, you know, my, my, my motivations in life, you know, how, how I came across in this world, how I showed up as a woman, you know, and, um, that was 25 years of manipulation, lying, stealing, cheating, you know, um, to get my way because I felt like I was entitled to some sort of lifestyle, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, in my, my worst, you know, like I've 
you know, I, I'm just like y'all, you know, I started drinking a little too early before I knew it. Um, that was just my motivation, you know, um, uh, something, you know, that also came up was, you know, when I tell my story is the identity piece, you know, for the longest time I had no identity, you know, and that's why I say, you know, loud and proud, like I'm an alcoholic, you know, cause, because coming into these rooms or, you know, coming into a room of CA, I was actually able to finally identify as something, something I could sink my teeth into, you know, and that, you know, that came from reading the book that came from working a sponsor, but it really truly came from, you know, having an experience and this book and really doing that self-searching you know that soul scraping like you know like the disease the disease is still there you know what i mean we'll never be cured of alcoholism or addiction can we recover fuck yeah we can sorry i, I, I didn't mean i didn't mean to, to um i didn't mean to curse but you know that's the first promise that's the first promise in our book it says you know how hundreds of women men and women have recovered from this disease you know and so um yeah, so that's just, you know, I I, I kind of lost my train of thought there with the with the cursing. Um, but yeah, so the, that identity piece. Oh, I know another thing I was going to say about that. You know, my big book tells me that um that, you know, the, the delusion that I am like others or may currently may presently be has to be smashed. Like that delusion that I will somehow be like somebody else, not even that I can drink like somebody else, but that I will be a non-alcoholic, that delusion has to be smashed. You know, the thing is, is like, you know, we get into the rooms and we come into the rooms either by treatment or, you know, family members or, or the court system or, you know, or, or just life in general, whatever it is, you know, we start feeling better about ourselves. We start getting a little in the big book. We start getting in the meetings. We stop drinking. And all of a sudden we feel like we're cured, you know? And the thing is like, we're just living, we're not living, really living in solution. You know, I mean, if, if you read how it works and you don't honestly even have to read how it works, we talk about it in every single meeting. We open up every single meeting with how it works. You know, it says that, you know, we have to like, you know, that what is it? There's a lot in there it says, but it talks about, um, you know, um, just having, you know, having that, that change in the mindset. I'm, I don't know if I need to go through it, but, um, Half measures avail us nothing. There you go. Half measures avail us nothing. Um, and, you know, we have to we have to take the suggestion, you know, and, and sometimes it is, you know, the most grueling, horrible process, the most painful process, you know. But what I have learned in this experience and I try to live these, you know, I do. I, I try to live in disciplines 10, 11 and 12. Um, but you know, there's always more work to be done. Do I need to write more inventory? Yeah, go ahead, do it. I need to do it because if not, I show up restless, irritable, discontented, no, of no use to anybody. Before I know it, I'm back on page 52. I'm all over pages 60 to 63, you know? And, um, you know, so this, these are the steps we took, you know, that's what, that's what, how, how it works as these are the steps we took, um, and so back what I was saying is we get into the rooms, we start feeling a little bit better, but the delusion that I will ever be like, like a non-alcoholic or a non-addict, that delusion has to be smashed, you know? And today with everything that's going on, you know, I need to rely, I need to live in solution more than ever, 
You know, sometimes it is so surprising and amazing to me, you know, how I get to do these things, you know, and, and you know, my joke is I'm, I'm powered by God, power and sugar, you know, but the reality is, is if I, if I don't take my medicine, if I don't, if I don't subscribe, you know, to this way of life, you know, and if I don't allow my higher power to discipline me, because that's what my big book tells me, it says we alcoholics are in discipline. So we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. And it's a very simple outline. I just love to complicate it i love to you know somehow think that like uh, you know like um I, I don't need to do these things you know um and you know i start looking better i start i start you know first of all i, I start being employable i start showing up for people i start looking better start eating better I, you know life on the external side you know things start looking better you know but like i said you know that is even more reason for me to continue to do this work because it's just you know this the the what, is, what am i trying to say here um you know, I cannot rest on my spiritual laurels, basically, you know, my life today is possible because I continue to seek out this higher power, even when I feel like I can't find it anymore, you know, and I do a lot, y'all, and I'm not saying this, you know, for, to, you know, to boost up my ego or to shame anybody or to tell somebody they're not doing their, their, their program right, whatever it is, but I do a lot, you know, I do, a, I'm, I'm, my life today is a life of service, you know, and, and so, and this is the thing is like, sometimes I know I, I feel like I'm kind of a service whore. I'm a kind of a, a greedy with service, but you know, I can't say no, you know, this, this program has done so much for me. You know, if, if I can't do, you know, God will never bring to me more than what I can handle. You know, God will find a way, you know, God kind of weeds it out. And, and luckily for me, if, if, if my sponsor, if my sponsee plate is too, is too much, I have other women in the program that I can help direct these women to, you know what I mean? But I try to keep my, my, my phone on at all times. Cause you never know when you're going to get a 12 step call. You never know when, a, when a speaker or some, or somebody drops out of an H and I or, or whatever it is. So I keep my lines open, you know, because that is, that is how God wants me to stay. God wants me to be an open channel an instrument. You know, um, I, I do a lot of uh, work in prayer and meditation. Um, I constantly visit, um, you know, am I really living in that step three, you know? And so I guess, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to go ahead and talk, start talking about that. You know, the big book talks tells me, you know, and this is my experience also, um, you know, that once I sincerely take a position, uh, remarkable things will follow, you know, and that has been my case, you know, um, so, you know, my, my drinking career was went on for 25, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but my drinking career kind of went on for about 25 years. And then the worst and the ugliest cases of, of my um, addiction and alcoholism, um, you know, it, it got me into some real sordid places, you know, um, I honestly, I had some really wonderful relationships and really wonderful opportunities. But the fact of the matter is, is that it got in the way of me drinking and using how I wanted to use and drink, you know, um, and, and it led me to, you know, to start making some really horrible decisions. You know, I got involved in, in a life that today, uh, you know, we can, t I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it, you know, after, but, um, you know, a life that does that, you know, what is it called? The incomprehensible demoralization, you know what I mean? Like, um, we're in a place where, and this is fueled by alcohol and drugs, um, like I said, you know, life got in the way of, of the way that I wanted to use. Um, and, um, you know, it brought me to a really scary place where, you know, you know, um, how can I say this? Um, people are, became a commodity. Everything was a commodity, you know, Tr everything was transactional, 
You know, there was nothing that came from my spirit, nothing, nothing that, you know, had any, any sense of like compassion or love or humanization. You know, this brought me to my, you know, this, I mean, in, in actuality, it didn't even bring me to the, to my knees. I was still deep in it. You know, like I was in the game deep in it, you know, and so um, everything was transactional. People were a commodity. Violence is a commodity. Fear is a commodity. You know, this is the ugliness of this disease. Thank God I'm not in jail. You know, thank God I haven't hurt anybody or killed anybody or hurt myself. You know, I got really close to it. Um, you know, and that's the kind of pain that I put my family through, you know what I mean? And, um, this is, this is a result of being an, an untreated, you know, not even untreated alcoholism, but just an active addiction, you know, active ac addiction and alcoholism as, as I let myself get to that horrible place, you know, that, that sordid lifestyle, um, and, you know, nearly, nearly lost my family because of it, nearly lost my loved ones because of it, nearly lost my sanity. I mean, I did, I lost my sanity, um, and, um, yeah, uh, so I would say that, you know, there was a time where, where it was fun, but, the, but that's what my, that's what my addiction led me to was, um, you know, this, this crazy street lifestyle where, where everything was, um, you know, was, was on the table, you know, and, and, and I'm not lying when I say that's, that's, you know, the commodity, the big commodities here were fear and violence. And I thought that this was normal. Um, a joke I like to tell myself also, or something, something I share in the meetings is, you know, I was so full of self-delusion, so full of self-delusion. I totally thought that I was a pimp, um, a, a loan officer, a marriage counselor, um, a bodyguard, uh, you know, all of these things, you know, like I had this idea that this is, you know, I was some, some big, some big savage person, you know, and, um, and that just wasn't the case. You know, I was just, um, a very entitled alcoholic and addict, you know, taken to the, you know, to some, some crazy depths. Um, and so how, how I started getting better, you know, and what happened is, um, you know, God actually came to me in the form of a mental health officer. Um, and this was at a time when, when I was, you know, it was pretty fun. You know, I was, I was listening to horrible music, uh, you know, doing a lot of drugs, doing a lot of drinking, you know, it was like, I was just, that was just doing that. Um, listening to a lot of, you know, horrible music, uh, making a lot of horrible art, dancing around in my lingerie, you know, and, um, you know, and basically just just not just being a menace to society, you know, and when I say that the day that the mental health officer came to pick me up, uh, you know, I, I had pretty almost burned down my my apartment, um, just trashed it, you know, and, 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 and you know, and it's funny because. You know, I felt like, I mean, not that I was in my right state of mind, but I had no idea that the DTs were actually, um, you know, psychosis, you know, um, I had uh, and um, mental delusions, you know, I thought that the DTs were were just the shakes, you know, not feeling quite right. But um, but yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was a morning where people were jogging, you know, taking their, you know, walking with their kids and strollers, you know, doing things that responsible people in society do. And um, and they don't like people running up and down the block for some reason in their underwear and <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, throwing stuff at them for whatever reason. You know, and it's crazy. I can laugh about it now. But um, but yeah. Um, and I went in for stabilization after that and still had no idea that I had a problem. Um, and then I went and stayed with my, my folks for, for two months. And then I went ahead and this, and started terrorizing them there, you know? Um, and that was two months of, 
um, of drinking, uh, you know, vodka by, you know, by the handle every day. Um, I wasn't even going to pick up cocaine anymore because it was just too much, too much trouble for me to go. And I was, I didn't have any more money. And, uh, um, but I was at my parents' house drinking a, a handle of vodka a day, terrorizing them, uh, just, you know, miserable and dying because first of all, again, you know, I had no idea I had a problem. You know, I thought that this was just an injustice. Nobody understood me, all of that. Um, you know, my, my poor parents, I had, they, they had to call, you know, the police like several times on me to just get me to go to the hospital. And, you know, for whatever reason, some, some way, somehow that was two months. And this ended up being, um, September, 2019, um, you know, alcohol had beaten me physically, you know, physically it, it had whooped my ass, you know? And when I say that, you know, uh, the, uh, I was in those 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 last stages of, of physical alcoholism where you know my body was swollen up. I weighed about ninety two pounds. You know, um, my 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 body was all swollen up. Uh, my gums were all black. My my tongue was all black and nearly chewed off. Um, and so I was beaten into a state of reasonableness. And um, and then to be honest with you, you know that was my first sincere, authentic cry for help. You know, I remember this and I don't remember the date, but it was early sometime in early September 2019 where I honestly this was my sincere plea to God was like I didn't I was in so much pain, you know, and I was like, God, please help me. You know, like I don't want to die, you know, and I know that sounds kind of like woo and like kind of superstitious, but that's the fact. You know, um, is that there, there is when, when we are in so, when I, when we are in so much pain, you know, and I was in so much pain, you know, I needed that impetus, you know, I was in the impetus for that, for that miracle to happen. You know, that, that was a sense, my first sincere plea to God, you know, please help me, please save me. You know, every other time in the past, you know, it wasn't really there, you know what I mean? But that was my first, my first cry for help. And for whatever reason, you know, uh, God, God gave me, you know, God surrendered me that day, you know, and, and I became willing to actually go seek medical treatment, you know, and I was in the ICU for about two weeks, had to have like three or four blood transfusions because my body, my body was dying on the inside, you know, um, and then let alone like my mental state. Um, and then for whatever reason, I was, I was already willing and, um, you know, to go to treatment and my entitled ass requested, um, a, a luxury treatment center. And I'm very, very thankful for this, for this place. It was a beautiful place because there's a lot of places where, um, you know, where we, you know, we don't have that, that ability, you know, to, to, to get, to get separated from alcohol. You know, there's a lot of people that detox in these rooms and God bless them, you know, like, I don't know how they do it. You know what I mean? But, um, I had the luxury of, of, you know, not only being physically separated from alcohol and drugs, but, um, being physically separated in a very nice facility for three months. You know, did I have one bit of gratitude while I was in there? Hell no. I was so, so entitled, so isolated, so dangerously antisocial. Um, did not make myself available to the community of women that were there for me. Um, but, you know, to be honest, though, it was truly a blessing in disguise because that is how I got into my big book. You know, um, I didn't like people, but I loved my big book, you know, and um, so that helped foster, um, you know, this this uh, knowledge of the big book, you know, which which, you know, which carried me only so far, you know, but I'm very, very grateful for that experience because it, you know, it, it really got me into the literature. Um, and I think also on some other level, 
you know, my, my, my crazy delusional ass thought that like, when I get out of here, I'm going to be with the big dogs, you know, <laughs> and like, I'm going to spit out, I'm going to spit out big book, big book one-liners and yada, yada, yada. I'm going to tell people how to do this shit. You know, the reality is, is like, I was looking for shortcuts, you know, that's, that's all I was doing was looking for shortcuts. Um, and yeah, so, you know, when got out of treatment, still, in, still entitled, still no, no gratitude at all, you know, no recollection, no realization of just how close, you know, I had actually gotten to dying. And, you know, and still today, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I still, my brain still sometimes will not wrap around, you know, those two weeks of being in the hospital and putting my parents through all that misery, my loved ones through all that misery, you know, um, it was pretty close, you know, um, and I still can't wrap my brain around that. But um, I will be the first to tell you, though, that like, yeah, um, you know, I, I was riding high on, on my self-knowledge, on my self-knowledge. I was riding high on, you know, my knowledge of the big book. You know, I was I was riding high on the fact that I had a, a you know, a very persistent sponsor, um, you know, and, and, and riding also on this idea that I was going to be a one and done. You know what I mean? Like that carried me only so far. Um, but you know, what happened to me six months from my last drunk, you know, and, and I pray to God that I remember my last drunk, even though my book tells me that I won't, you know, that, you know, at certain times, you know, um, I'm, you know, I've, I won't be, uh, I forget the words, but you know, it, it says, talks about like, I won't remember my, my, my last drunk, you know? Um, but I was six months out from my last drunk, about three months from treatment and, um, you know, doing the thing, you know, I would show up to Bolden, you know, three or four times a day because my, my, my sober living was down the street. Um, you know, I was, I was working with a sponsor, but the reality is I had not really, um, you know, given my step three it's it's, you know, it's, it's true justice, you know? Um, and I hit that spiritual bottom, you know, and that is what got me really got me, you know, like on fire with this work, you know, and, and really made me, you know, realize that like my life, you know, like depends upon this, you know, not just being sober, but being happy, you know, um, and, and that day, you know, my, um, and it's probably, probably the way that I describe it is probably a little crazy, but, you know, um, my dad prayed over me for two days, you know, um, because I literally, uh, my skin was on fire. My hair was on, was like standing up straight out of his head. Um, you know, I, I was having, you know, visions, you know, suicidal visions, visions of like lopping people's heads off, burning down buildings, throwing bricks at things, you know, just, you know, like that, that insanity had come back and it was just, you know, and I was six months sober, you know what I mean? Six months sober. So I really had to take a look at, you know, what am I doing? You know, and um, yeah, I was already, you know, on my way, I was already doing nine, you know, um, my step nine amends and stuff. And I, I don't even, I think I might've been working with a sponsor or two. I don't, I don't remember, but whatever it was, um, that was a huge turning point for me was hitting that spiritual bottom, you know? Um, so, you know, it brings me back to, you know, to step three, right? Um, and I know a lot of people struggle with step three, you know, and, and, and I and I struggle with it on a daily also, you know, um, but that is kind of, you know, where I'm at. That's like, you know, my, my daily um, is where am I agnostic in my life? You know, um, am I truly am I truly, you know, say am I and this is my thing is like I was just saying I thought that I was, you know, me, I had made that decision. I thought I had made that decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God as I had understood him. You know, I, apparently I didn't understand my higher power very well. You know, um, I thought my higher power was punishing me that, you know, I was destined to be in a life, you know, glum, you know, um, just miserable. 
Um, and I could not see past myself with that, you know, and my higher power today is so loving and so forgiving, you know, has a wonderful sense of humor, you know, and, um, and the thing is, is like, if, if I just continue to seek out this power, you know, and, you know, and not just do the things that I do on a daily basis, you know, but just find new ways to do it, you know, and that's another thing my higher power has blessed me with is, is, uh, you know, this creativity, you know, and I do believe my higher power is the most creative intelligence, you know, my higher power is most high, you know, um, but I do have this this creative energy, you know, where where I'm willing, I'm willing to seek out God in different places, you know, and I'm willing to, and a lot of times, you know, it is, it's service work, you know, um, and, you know, the book talks about a failure to enlarge and perfect one's spiritual life, you know, and I truly do believe that's, it's, that's in service, and, and before y'all think that, like, I'm some saint or something, because I'm most definitely not, um, you know, there's there's a place in the book when it when um, let's see here. I think it's in the the sex inventory um, where it says if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. So the next time, like you think that like somebody's an AA do gooder, remember that you know. Like I said, um, you know my my um, you know if I if I were to believe you know what my alcoholic ego tells me, you know, and if I were to believe you know, or just listen to other people who say, oh, you're doing too much, you know, and like I said, on the outside, it looks like I am doing too much, but the reality is I'm not, you know, I'm just letting God just work through me, you know, um, and, you know, and now, what was else was I to say about that, um, oh, yeah, if I, tr- if, if I, if I started to believe that lie, you know, I mean, it's like, if you really knew and understood how sick I was, it totally would make sense, you know? It's like I have that desperation of a drowning man. I have to keep that desperation going, you know what I mean? And um, it's just been it's just been such a wonderful ride, you know, and people talk about it's not the it's not the destination, it's the journey, you know, and I'm just really enjoying the journey lately. You know, and I describe my 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 life today is like very textured and um, you know, like fractal and just very colorful, you know, and that's that's why I keep doing this thing, you know what I mean? Um and uh, you know, and it's just crazy for me to think that that you know I would I would sit and be sober and be dry and be miserable. You know that anybody would suffer them themselves like that. You know, but the reality is when I'm living in my third step decision, you know, I'm truly making that decision, and, and God will take me. You know, the thing is, is like. Like, I'm always convincing myself that I know better, that my life needs to turn out this way. And it's going to turn out this way in order to make me happy, you know. And if I just let go and I truly believe that God has that perfect plan, not the perfect plan, but just the plan, you know, God has got the blueprint. I don't even need to know it. I just need to follow it and be grateful for it, you know. And that is, you know, that's just that's how I love to live in my third step, you know, because the reality is, is like the external conditions of this world broke me, you know, broke me. You know, and and that's where that's what that's the truth. You know, it's like if I get caught up in all the material shit and, you know, and, and, and um, you know, and if I, if I stop living off this spiritual plane, you know, and I get sucked into that, which is very easy to do. You know, I start navigating life using my character defects and like old behaviors and old belief systems and, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm not really doing, you know, that function. I'm not doing that function of, of you know, of, of fitting myself to be of maximum service to God and to help others, you know. And so, you know, so that's the thing I have uh, I mean, that was on my heart today is, um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's just it's been a miracle. You know, it truly is. It's, it has been a miracle. And um you know, um, 
I guess that's it, guys. I'm just so grateful you guys are here. Listen to my story and、um, I'd love to hear from you all. Thank you so much. <laughs>